And I think it's about really taking the time to really know ourselves and not that reflection that we see in the mirror every day and just consciously, you know, don't delve into, but really knowing ourselves and knowing ourselves well enough to recognize when the fire's gone out, when the passion's gone, when what used to make us feel joy from the inside doesn't anymore, when, you know, we, we want to burst into tears in a crowd of people um, because something little is pushing us, when we feel angrier at things and more frustrated. All those little things, I think, are signs that we need to change. And, and rather than, it's very easy in our life and in our society to say, let's just get busier, you know, or maybe I'm not doing enough and to wait until, well, when I just get there, I'm going to do that. So I think underlying all of that, Rebecca, is, is an importance of knowing that it's important to prioritize ourselves sometimes, and that by doing that, it's not an act of being selfish, but it, it's an act of making ourselves stronger so we can contribute more and share more and have more to give. Because if we feel okay and give ourselves that time to rebuild ourselves, then we absolutely have more to share and contribute. Welcome to The Reframe, from the couch to the conversation, where you will learn skills and strategies to up-level your mental, physical, and emotional well-being so you can access more vitality and energy to do the things that you love, deepen your relationship with others as well as yourself, and show up every day as the person you know you're meant to be. I am your host, Rebecca Molman, trauma therapist turned coach. Today, we explore what transformation can look like and what the signs of change are so that we can choose to jump into this process rather than being shoved by life circumstances. There are many changes and transformations that we go through in life, and exploring this landscape can help make the process more graceful and even exciting. Nikki and her experience, as well as her insight, guides us into the uncertain waters of change. She reminds us that it's okay to ask for help during this process and that we're not alone on this journey. So without further ado, welcome to episode 14 with Nikki from Reboot Transformations. Well, on that note, <laughs> Nikki, it's so nice to have you here with us. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation around transformation and the misalignment sometimes that we feel inside during that process of transformation and what the world is experiencing of us from the outside mm -hmm. and shedding some light on that process for yeah. all of us. I'm very, very, very happy to be here, Rebecca. Um, and I think that it's a topic that's very close to my heart. And I think that it's perhaps close to a lot of people's hearts, but it's about, you know, opening it up and creating a safe space to talk about these things. So I'm very grateful for you opening up this safe space to have this discussion and for having me here. And I've been mm. very much looking forward to just having this conversation with you because it's what it feels like, just a conversation about things that are really important that we all <laughs> feel that we don't always make the time to talk about. So thank you for inviting me on your wonderful show. And I'm delighted to be here. Well, could you share with us a little bit about your story and how you've made it to where you're at now and how that's influenced how you work with people? And yeah, yeah with pleasure. Um, so my story, I guess, from 
that led me directly to where me on where I am now. Briefly, I'm, I'm an Australian that lives in the south of Spain. I've been a wandering expat for over 30 years. Um, I left Australia straight from university at the tender age of 19. I graduated very young and um, I was young at school and jumped on a one-way ticket to London. And uh, that wasn't yesterday. <laughs> that was over three decades ago. And I've lived in a lot of different continents and countries. So up until about 10 years ago, I was in love with my, my life. Um, I felt grateful every morning for the freedom, for the travel. That was what lit my fire entirely. Um, and I devoted my life to it, to working with people, um, sharing travel, um, personally, professionally, it was just very intertwined as a part of my life. And then about 10 years ago, I hit a total wall. Um, I lost sight of who I was entirely. Um, and it was a very, very lonely journey. I felt like I hit a wall and I didn't know how to get around it, underneath it, over it, under it. It felt so thick and everything started to feel out of reach. Friendships, um, joy, what used to set me on fire on the inside. And I started to go into a period of really deep self-loathing, you know, frustrated at myself, disappointed in the choices that I made. And from the outside, my world looked pretty successful, um, you know, with all the, the travel and the people and exciting even, and maybe even glamorous to some people. And on the inside, I felt as far from glamorous as, as I could get and very lost and dark. And I got to a point, a very low point of feeling I, I need to, this needs to change. I can't go any lower. This is my point. And I think when we get to those points, that becomes our real, real beginning of transformation in a really, to a big another stage of life. And I think one of the biggest things for me at that point was just feeling totally on the inside, very lonely because the world I thought and not knowing who I was anymore, I think I'd worn so many masks for so many years and just trying to please everybody else and tick the success boxes and, you know, achieving everything externally that at some point um, I, I felt none of that inside. And what was really, really frightening was putting my hand up and saying, I don't feel OK, because the expectation from the external world is that you do. And, you know, you're this strong woman and you've achieved as a how can you you know feel weak inside and it felt very far from okay to not be okay on the inside and so that led me really directly to the method of hypnotherapy rapid transformational therapy which is one of my tools in my box and I had a session that really impacted my life in a really big way. And it was a very key turning point. And the key difference was that was really connecting. I was trying the surface level things, you know, yoga and meditation and reading and a lot of great stuff. But it just wasn't creating fundamental change on the inside for me. And it was post that session that I really began to be able to shift long held beliefs and, and strip back layers of myself by you know, finding the answers within my subconscious, which they're there within all of us. So that led me to what I do now, uh, rapid transformational therapy, and um, and a new tool in my box. I've been uh, studying um, tapping EFT as another way of connecting, um, changing our emotions um, through our bodies, and um, empowerment coaching. So I have the privilege now to work with women on that journey. Um, a part of my journey when I look back was menopause started at the same time and I really didn't know what was going on. It felt very lonely. So, yeah, I feel very privileged every day now to work with women on their journey. And I really 
feel quite passionate about empowering people to know that it is so okay to not feel okay. It's actually really important and it takes courage to put your hand up and say, I'm, I'm not, I'm not okay inside. I need change. And what you see is totally not what is going on in here and about empowering us to know that real change begins on the inside and success is not the external boxes and what is around us. Success is totally an inside job. And until it really turns around and begins in here, then other people may see an interpretation of us, but our external world can only be a manifestation of what is coming from our inside. Mm. So that, that's a little bit about my story and where I got to where I am now. It's probably quite a lot about it. But um, yeah, I think my personal journey has triggered, you know, just this real passion for helping other people on their journey because it felt mm. really lovely. So I wonder if we could look at what the what the process, how does somebody know, right? How does, because there's different stages and we don't necessarily have to get the, to the crisis point. Mm. Oftentimes we do because we don't see the signs ahead of time. So maybe looking at, so people can relate to, oh, okay, this is not an alignment. My life isn't in alignment anymore. And what could show up for them? What does that look like? Yeah, great questions, because I think there's there's two things that happen there. And either we get to a point in life where we, we, if we need to change anyway, if life is giving us the signs, we can ignore them and we can put another mask on or, I don't know, whatever that might be, push those thoughts away, distract ourselves, get busier, have another glass of wine at the end of the day, whatever that is. And I believe if change is meant to happen or needs to happen for us, it will happen anyway. And I liken that to kind of being pushed into change. Whereas mm -hmm. if we notice some signs beforehand, we have the choice, we can jump into that change. But either way, if it needs to happen, we, we jump or we're pushed. And I think we, there is a choice there and it is about noticing the signs. And that choice doesn't mean it's easy because it's easy to be busy and distracted. But I think some things, you know, if you if you find yourself lying there in the middle of the night and just thinking, is that it to life? You know, if I reach my 40s and my 50s, we tend to be the women that I work with and go on, well, the best is behind me. I guess that's my lot in life. You know, if you find that that volume on the negative chatter in your head is just getting louder and you're criticizing yourself, or, the, you know, that perfectionist inside is uh, fighting ever harder battles to you know, maintain those standards. Um, if your job, uh, your career path, um, all the markers of success that you've strived so hard to achieve and, you know, the car or the house or the holidays and things, if that joy that they once used to bring you feels out of reach, then I think these are really physical signs. And I think we, we hear them and we feel them by coming inside and listening what's really going on and being really honest with ourselves. And I think it's about really taking the time to really know ourselves and not that reflection that we see in the mirror every day and just consciously, you know, don't delve into, but really knowing ourselves and knowing ourselves well enough to recognize when the fire's gone out, when the passion's gone, when what used to make us feel joy from the inside doesn't anymore, when, you know, we, we want to burst into tears in a crowd of people. <laughs> Um, because something little is pushing us, when we feel angrier at things and more frustrated, all those little things I think are signs that we need to change. And, and rather than, it's very easy in our life and in our society to say, let's just get busier, you know, or maybe I'm not doing enough. 
and to wait until, well, when I just get there, I'm going to do that. So I think underlying all of that, Rebecca, is, is an importance of knowing that it's important to prior, prioritize ourselves sometimes. And that by doing that, it's not an act of being selfish, but it, it's an act of making ourselves stronger so we can contribute more and share more and have more to give. Because if we feel okay and give ourselves that time to rebuild ourselves, then we absolutely have more to share and contribute, don't, don't we? Um, mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. we need to gift ourselves the time without the guilt and without feeling um, that other people's needs are more important that we should put other people before ourselves, that we don't matter, that we're not enough, that our needs are less important somehow. And I think that may seem like a good thing to do in some, you know, some senses, but it's more damaging, I think, in the long run. And yeah, that listening to ourselves is really important because in our heart of hearts, we know, I think we really know when our, our zest is gone, our spark is gone, you know, there's an analogy I, I use if if I can share that. Mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, you know, imagine, you know, we go through life and I think I felt a lot like this. I felt this fire of just like joy and abundance and satisfaction on the inside. And I got to a point where I thought that it had gone out. And what I realized, I had a lot of distract things that used to distract me. Absolutely one too many glasses of wine and go get on another plane and go somewhere or join another club or take on another client or whatever looking out instead of in and I just thought that if I kept trying all these external things I would find that that fire inside again when in actual fact um, it's it's in there and sometimes it gets down to the tiniest little of embers and like in a real fire you know if we've had a blazing fire one night and we go out the next morning and we think it's out but if we scramble through those ashes we can find that one tiny ember and if we you know, nurture that ember and we blow on it and we give it some attention, it turns into a spark. And then that spark has, it, has can then turn into that flame again. So it's about searching inside, to use a metaphor, for our ember again, for that little bit of, the, of spark, no matter how small, that exists inside again and see what it needs. What do we need to give it to reignite it? And we can only find that by looking inside of us. I think that's really important to point out that sometimes it doesn't have that ask for choosing something new and something different, that transformational process mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have the experience of, like doesn't have a clarity to it. It just has a dimming where it all, it's like everything goes grayscale instead of the brilliant bright lights or, and colors and vitality. It's just, kind of dull at those beginning stages I think so and that's a great way to that's a great way to put it it's like you know if you find that your life is existing almost in that monochrome in black and white mm -hmm. uh, when it used to exist in technicolor which would you uh, it's like looking at your life in exactly that way and I think that's it's it's another wonderful metaphor for it you know which way is your how is your life looking is it looking that flat and dull and black and white and passionless and I think getting to that point of breaking or jumping or choosing change and recognizing and you know saying I'm not okay it is when you notice that that fire has gone out or that life feels just flat and it's and that's not and I think it, it can be easy to think that 
that color life and that big blazing fire hey maybe that was maybe it's just my age and maybe maybe my life has been good enough and maybe I've had as good as it gets and that's it but it doesn't have to be that and something I find particularly in this age group I'm in my early 50s now and I would say my journey started you know 10 or so years ago and my entry into my 40s um coincided with menopause and everything else many 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 decades ago you know this was maybe heading into the twilight years of life but now if we're lucky we might be halfway through <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing and i think there is and and walking you know if if i touch on menopause again stepping into menopause isn't the end of anything it's total beginning of something different and a whole new phase of life and i think it's really important to say okay maybe the color is gone from the way that it used to be but it's time to create a new what what's going to put color in my life now and it isn't necessarily the same things that need to fire us up it's because mm -hmm. we're entering into a whole new phase of life that is phenomenal and exciting and it can be all new you know we at any stage or any age in life we are completely able to change and you know we don't need to reinvent ourselves we are ourselves to our core but we're never too late to make change or too old to say that's not doing it for me anymore whether that be career or where we live or how we live or what we believe in or our faith or whatever that is if it's not working we can change it i think that's okay to give ourselves permission to do that and actually really really important so that process of change can seem very ambiguous mm -hmm. to people is there a is there a structure that you help put to that big unknown because when you start to do big transformation it can feel like you're jumping off a cliff and with not without any safety net right and hoping to god that your wings can fly so what is some structure that people could have to give them a little bit of direction on like okay yes i i want i know that i meant for more i know that i'm stepping into a new aspect of my life but where do i start right where what do i look at what are the categories what are the buckets yeah i think they're they're really important questions because it can feel like that and that's that that jump will be pushed kind of analogy both of petrifying in a lot of ways and i think a part of it is you know um so i i use i start working with my clients generally speaking we do some conscious mind sessions but with rtt and hypnotherapy and the reason i really really love to do that firstly i love to understand what is going on in the conscious mind like what are the symptoms of what is coming up you know what are the limiting beliefs that are coming up what are the limiting behaviors and how do they look and how are they showing up um what are the thoughts going on in the conscious mind on a daily basis that are really they get they can be you know screaming at you from the inside and no one else is seeing that but you but they they can be really debilitating so i like to delve into the conscious mind to see what they are and then almost like an onion start to peel the layers back also you know if your mind is saying you're not enough why is it saying that you know, what what's underneath that and what's underneath that and then i like to delve into the hypnotherapy through the rtt because that is like it's like the golden key to get in and unlock our subconscious which is 90 95% of us it's everything isn't it i know you you're 
And it's like a gift to be able to do that. And I think by really getting clear from the Conscious Mind sessions, we're very much able to focus the RTT sessions to something very specific. So if I use another metaphor, mm -hmm. if we sometimes look at our lives like a giant tapestry, and when we look at that tapestry on the wall, it looks like, like it's all totally, totally woven together. And it looks like our life, like you can't just pull in any apart. It's so stuck that it has to always look that way. Whereas if we get really close to that, then really look into it. There will be one string that you can pull to unravel that whole tapestry. And it's kind of like that. You know, I think the more we can narrow down what's coming up, but the whys. So then through the uh, hypnotherapy, we get to very be very specific. Now, the, the method that I use, we use a minimum of three regressions in the session. And that's where I like to make them very, very targeted to, you know, so we, it's like pull towards the string that would pull the tapestry apart, so to speak, if that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then the power in that is not, is being able to go back and look at and understand the what, the why, the when, the where, the how we came to be programmed in that way. What was the experience in life that led that to be wired in? that subsequently became our go-to. It became the mode from which we operated because it's in there. The answers are in there. That's the science of it as well. We are wired in a certain way. It didn't mean we're born that way. And the power in that is, yes, we can't go back and we can't change what happened. What was the anxiety or the trauma or whatever has triggered us to be running on what's showing up in our life. But we change the belief that we attach to it. And that's the total power. Because whatever happened, there's the kind of factual, but the story that we told ourselves at that very moment, that's the one that becomes the limiting belief, the behavior, the trauma, the stress, the anxiety, the one that we hold. And then if we look at life from that point, everything will affirm back to that, back to that spot. And I think when we've got to a point in life where we need to change, it's when this has become on overdrive. So it's like turning it back and really understanding where did that come from? And then, you know, on the flip side of the session, we input new beliefs. And again, one of the reasons I love the pre-conscious mind, so to speak, sessions that we do, we dig into, okay, if you don't want to feel the way you're feeling, what do you want to feel instead? And that's the exciting bit. You write your bucket list for life. How do you emotionally want to wake up when you get up in the morning out of bed? What does the you you want to be look like? How does, how does she feel like? How does she act like? And um, so following on from the hypnotherapy session, there's a minimum of three weeks. I make a bespoke recording and that's where we wire in the new beliefs. And that's the science. You know, we're in neuroplasticity. We rewire our minds and it's not the juju, it's science. And that's the incredible, that's the power in it to know that we can and we can rewire them in any way that we want. We can take the disempowering um, thoughts, beliefs, behaviors and actions out and put in ones that empower us. And through that process of repetition and daily, daily listening, that's what's going on in our mind. So it, following on from there, I, I, I find it really important. I work with my clients with and combine the empowerment coaching because I think when we've gone through such uh, a level of understanding and then transformation, we need to know what to do with it. Because when, mm. when we need to relearn, we need to build another foundation. It's like pulling down one building 
and you know make creating a whole new solid foundation to build whatever we want on it so with my empowerment coaching um i dig into a lot of different categories of life i loosely use the wellness um wheel of life as a model so every because i think it covers everything from financial health spiritual health emotional uh, your relationships, your social life, uh, it, it, everything. And we dig into what do you believe? What are your fundamental beliefs? Are they empowering? Are they not? Um, creating new visions based on coming from this new place of understanding and with new beliefs. And then I think very importantly, we rediscover the purpose. So why do you want what you want? And then we create strategies to achieve that. And it's like creating a solid foundation to come from because you're learning how to be the you you want to be in all areas of your life. And if you take away the limitations, you're left with a wonderful limitlessness. Mm. So in order to really embrace that and live through that, you relearn and you set new goals that are with all those cords cut of everything that holds you back. And that's it's a beautiful process to share with people. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's, I, I really appreciate that you have the empowerment piece on the back end because just imagining or even reorganizing belief systems, if you don't have that action step or you don't know how to action step that process, that new you, it's like it again falls just a little bit flat. You ha Even with hypnotherapy, which I'm sure you know, is that you have to have that action step. To really deepen that process. I, I keep going back to, and I, I think it's because I, I work with clients that struggle with this and they know they're, they're, know they're at the rock bottom. They know they have to make a change because their health is starting to get impact. That's one of the, the big things that if we don't pay attention to all the signs before that, we start having some serious health issues. And it is really hard i think for some people to even imagine what things could what needs to change for their life to be better because ever since childhood that has been taken away and the idea to be able to dream yourself into another like another state mm -hmm. is a is also a skill it's also how do you how do you teach people to learn how to dream again that's a great question. It's um, because it's really important, and it it is a really daunting process, especially when you've been you know kind of running around your life trying to over maybe overachieve because it, it, deep down you think you're not good enough, or you know you have that imposter syndrome coming up, going, it's, you, someone's going to find out you're a fraud, uh, you know, <laughs> and that's been running your program, and I'm not enough, so let me prove myself more, or let me, I'm imperfect, so let me try and be perfect. All of those things. And I think personally, when I work with my clients, um, I love to, and another analogy, I quite like metaphors and analogies. <laughs> I think <laughs> they're helpful. <laughs> I think sometimes they are. It's like, you know, you get to, you get to a T-junction in the road. And um, the one thing you cannot do is you cannot go forward in the same direction that you've been going. So, but as you get there, you have to leave something behind. And what you, you've arrived at that T-junction with, you know, that heavy bag on your back. You know, we can all imagine what that feels like, you know, and the sun's beating down on you and it's a bit of hard walk. You've been climbing up a hill and that you've got to that T-junction that and you can't go anymore. 
So this is the time where you get to take that bag off and you, the rest gets you know steeper. There's a whole new trail ahead and you, you've got to get on your trail. So what do you have to do? What would you do with that bag in a, in a real sense? You're going to put, tip everything out of it and you get to repack it, taking only what you want to now take in it. And I think that's it. And, you know, it's like anything. If we've been going through life and everything goes in that bag, then what was in that bag? It's been in there for a long time. And maybe it's festering at the bottom there. It's not good. So when we hit that point of not going in the same direction anymore, by taking essentially that load off, tipping and all that, and being very selective. And I find that analogy is quite useful with clients. Mm -hmm. It's like, imagine it's that. What are you going to pack? What do you want in that bag? What's going to feel comfortable to carry? What's going to you know, not weigh you down? Because I think those things, they do, and as you mentioned, and I'll touch on because it's hugely important, is that illness starts to show up in our life in so many ways when we don't listen to what we need. And that can be very debilitating. And we'll look for other solutions, and it can become a, a pretty vicious cycle because we look outside for a solution to the problem because we want to keep running our lives and then those solutions create more problems and then we run along with that. So I think to get people dreaming sometimes is also about maybe having them look not directly at themselves and what they think they deserve, but just using a fun creative process to do that. And, you know, like a list for the grocery store, but not to belittle it, but what do you want to buy? You want to buy your favorite things. You, you, you get to go and only buy your favorite things when you go there. What would you buy? What do you want? What do you want in your life? Um, because I think if we sit down and um, go for only things we think we deserve, particularly when we're at that point of, you know, that real stuckness, um, mm -hmm. where the negative is far outweighing the positive that we feel, or the positive is maybe feel like it's on a permanent vacation. We, yeah, I think we need playful ways to bring that out of ourselves and, and the journaling and meditation and taking time for self care and just starting to slowly bring in new ways of treating ourselves and listening to ourselves. So, I think there's a number of things that do that, but. I think under a general heading of compassion and care and gentleness that we may have for everybody around us, but giving that to ourselves. And I think when we start to do that, we start to send ourselves a very powerful message that that's what we deserve. And from that place, when it's like that ember again, we start that little fire going, oh, well, if I deserve to be treated with compassion and care and kindness, then I deserve maybe some other of these things as well. And you know, building on that is, is really, it's really important, huh? And it's, it's exciting to create mm -hmm. the new that we want to live and that we want to experience. I love that analogy of the, the roads that you used. And it made me, it reminded me that we don't actually need to know. I think we get stuck in our, our rational part of our mind that need, wants that security and that comfort of, okay, I will jump off this cliff, if, but I need to know exactly where I'm going. Well, you don't actually know where you're going. <laughs> like there's not, it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. But if you take, if you take out all those things out of that pack that just it, are dead weight at that point, and you only put what you absolutely need and that bring you life and vitality and light you up in that bag, 
you have created so much more capacity to be flexible with what that journey has to present to you that you otherwise would not be able to see. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe not, maybe going into big transformation, not needing to know the outcome, but go moving with the curiosity and the excitement, like you're saying, the emotional content. What is the, how do you want to show up? for that next phase of your life. And let's clean out the gunk that's keeping you from that state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very important, isn't it? And I think, you know, else, a lot of our society is very caught up in the how. Okay, I wanna do that, so I need to learn this to get there. And it's, we can get very immersed in that. Um, and I think that that's a lot of the issue is very, becoming very concerned about well, the how, so I want that, so what do I need to do to get me to here? Whereas one of the bits I love about working with my clients is when we you know, go to all the different categories of life and really focus on the vision. So it's like, I'm here and I want to be here, but actually to get here, I don't need to know the how, I don't know which path I'm going to take, but I really want, know that I want to be here. And then you trust in the journey that gets you there. It doesn't mean you sit back and go, I'm just, I'm going to end up there. But it's knowing that, you know, you will naturally know what it takes to get there. If you have, if you really know what you want and you have a strong vision about what you want and how you want to feel and be and look like internally and, you know, your, your life in terms of your life, that clarity will, you will make all of your decisions based on that being your end result, you know, and that will feel natural it's not about knowing the formula that's going to precisely get you there but if you want to move countries and and start a new career or a new business then and you want that and that that you get that fire burning inside you again then every decision you make will gradually take you there it isn't about going well how much will the airfare cost and how much it, it and you will do the research and everything will happen around that. I think the vision is super important about feeling it and knowing it and exciting your mind and your body and just really sitting with that because that's what gets the fire going. And if that fire inside us is going, then we're going to take action. You know, I think that is a net. I think I'm saying in a very long winded way that the how becomes a very natural part of the process provided we start to get a vision of what we want. And I know that's not always easy sometimes, but that's, it's a part of the process of transformation. And it's something that you grow into. It doesn't mean I can't change because I don't know what I want. Most of the time we don't because we're so stuck in our old way of being. But it's a part that evolves and it becomes a part of that process. You know, I think importantly first, you find out why you're feeling what you feel and what you want, and then you gradually give yourself permission to know what you want to feel instead. So these are all like, you don't need to know these things to begin the journey of transformation, but they're all a part of it. But the how, I think is the one big step that we can, it, it gets more focus than it, than it deserves that one, in my opinion, that's my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, because it keeps us stuck, you know, I think sometimes. And we live in an information society um very much and if we don't know how well you want to do that well how are you going to do that yeah well you don't know you're never going to get there i don't fully buy into that personally and i think that um yeah i really feel that just becomes a part of it that comes 
And I think that whether we realize it or not, that how part keeps us in our head, keeps us in our that prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. And we it's so easy for us. It's like the chasing the shiny, right? You jump from one thing to the other. And it's really important to stop between those jumps. And that's fine. That's great. But to digest it through the body to come, what what is it that you're learning? What's the how? And then just stop, just take a second and digest it. Mm-hmm. So then you can incorporate it into moving forward. Mm-hmm. That it's not just this wheel of let me get, let me have more information. Let me have more, inf- read another book, you know, do that ne- another training. And if it's never getting in and digesting, it's not transforming you from the inside out. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about maybe bring a little bit more clarity to as the transformation process is happening and you are shifting, you're changing and you can feel it on the inside out, but the world doesn't necessarily change with you at the same rate. And that can feel very uncomfortable. It can make the relationships maybe within the context of even just relationship as you're shifting and changing other people are still holding an expectation of the old you. Can you talk a little bit about how you navigate that process? Yeah, I think that is a huge part of the process. And I think in, in some sometimes with our journeys of transformation, there there is loss involved as well. Um, and, you know, because it's very easy to reach a point of disconnect with mm-hmm. some people in our lives. And I think that part of the process is being able to let go of other people's expectations of us um, and our expectations of other people. So I think there's a, you know, we because we're switching our focus when we decide that we need change, we, you know, we, we can't go on as we are. And a lot of the problem has come from make, trying to make other people happy, um, putting other people's needs before our own, doing what we do to ple- people please or whatever that might be. So when we change... I, the one thing I found on my personal journey, if I speak from that point, is mm. I found out what was who and what was very valuable in my life. The ones that allowed me to change and grow into and saw that it was really imp- an important part of my journey and supported that journey. And maybe didn't understand it, but they were there. And I found the, a feeling of great acceptance from there. Because I'm, I'm not I'm the same person on... You, but I went through a lot of change. I changed so many things about my life, at least on a lot of different levels. And one of the painful parts of my process was, I think, just naturally some friendships didn't come on that journey with me and being okay with that. And I went through a lot of pain. With the, There's a couple that spring to mind in particular because I didn't want to let go. And I think there's an old saying I'll go back to, you know, people come into our lives for a reason, a, a season, or, or for life. There's a third bit that goes there that is more rhythmic than that. <laughs> but it, and it's true, you know, and and I now I look back with the wisdom of hindsight, and I don't wish badly on anybody, but you know, some people come into our lives because we learn our things and we share a part of our journey. But if we keep everybody in our life forever, then we're going to be, the backpack can't, we can't carry that. And I know this is different for, you know, if you're, that's maybe a general sense of our friendships, acquaintances, our people in our life, for in being in a partnership or being in a relationship, 
I think that you know we need to be in a place where it's safe and it's acceptable for us to be ourselves in whoever we are because the whole journey of transformation is to really become ourself and our best self and I think that it is really important to maintain open communication and you know dialogue and to be able to share with people who are intimate in your life what is going on and you know for us to have that very open open from them to us as well um, so that we can support each other's journeys their journey around our transformation and for them to be open to our change as well because there are shifts and changes and yeah it was one of the it was a really painful part of my process in a couple of incidences particular and but I made my peace with it with hindsight knowing that those people I my my life wouldn't have been my life up to that point without them in it but we don't fit in each other's lives anymore and that's totally okay I love them I wish them well but our journeys have gone in other directions and there was a kind of a liberation that I learned from that. But I think, yeah, and I think our, our role we play in that, in allowing people who are very intimate in our lives to support our journey, is being very open and sharing what we're going through, you know, in terms of how, what we're feeling from ourselves inside out, but and inviting them to do the same. I think communication and clarity are very, very important um, to be able to share that. And which is about looking inside and being honest with ourselves, and knowing that we have people around us. I also know that you know I was interested in very different things um, over the last decade, and so it's about opening up the gateway. It's not just about that loss when that was going on. So many other doorways have opened, and by being involved, so it's step. I stepped out my comfort zone in a lot of different ways and got involved with things that. Um, or showed up at things that I wouldn't have done before, but really, like, you know, appeal to me now. So there's so much new in my life, and I think everything is, everything is important, but everything has a place and a time. And, yeah, I think it's a really good question, because I think that's one of the things that maybe we don't think about when we start thinking that we want to change inside, um, the impact on those people in our lives. So... Yeah, with, with the closest people, share, be honest, be really authentic, be open. I think that's key. And for anything else, just again, trust, trust yourself, trust the process and feel, you know, stop coming so much from the head in these decisions and listen to what your heart and listen to what your instincts are saying because they're telling you everything you need to know. And I think in terms of people and some of that letting go or inviting in, this is where you get your answers in your heart and your and your gut there the mind in mm. a lot of it but i think that was one that was key to listen to um very strongly what's right or what's wrong for me now um yeah i don't does that answer your question yeah I, it does it does because it's important to have the it, your relationships, it, as soon as you start dancing differently, it changes the rhythm of the dance. Mm -hmm. So it always will change your relationships. And I think what you're pointing out is the those that just like you're cleaning out that bag, like you're, the metaphor you used before, there are just some relationships that don't follow you through big shifts. And preloading knowing, preloading that and knowing that it might be 
I mean, it might be hard. It might have some pain to it. It might have some grief to it. And grief, the language of grief is that something big is cha- is changing. There is something that has shifted that is literally just telling you something's changed. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But knowing that it can be uncomfortable and that's okay. And you don't know what the process looks like with big transformation all the time. That's kind of the idea. And having people in your life that hold space for the unknown with you. And I think that's the other side of what you were talking about. I think so. And, you know, there's a lot of new in there as well. And I know when there's some important um, categories that I cover in with the empowerment coaching because they are really key. And so, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that process is about building that new foundation and we delve into the family and relationships and social life. And, you know, because, mm. again, through beliefs, what's your vision? Um, what, what's your purpose in all that? Why do, you, why do you want it to look and be like that? And, okay, how are we going to manage that and make that happen? So we, we address that. And I think because it is a, it's a huge part of it. Um, because uh, so much of... If so much of who, how and who we see ourselves is judged from that outside looking in, if we go back to that original, you know, being misaligned on the inside, then arguably a lot of it has been coming from our vision, our version of how we think people see us or showing up in a certain way because we want to be, you know, seen as a certain person. So when that all starts to shift, um, you know, any old fears of rejection or abandonment or judgment, which are very common not, not to be little but they're threads that lie a lot beneath I think a lot a lot of us um then they get triggered because they're essentially going oh but if I'm changing then I might be charged or maybe I'll be rejected or maybe they won't want me anymore and knowing that that's a part of the process is and delving into that to really you know be, get practical about it and get get creative about it and create a new vision based around it. Um, what kind of people do you want in your life? What kind of mm-hmm. events do you want to go to? What kind of social life do you want? What kind of partner do you want if you don't have one? Or do you, what do you want your relationship to be like? So again, by creating that vision, we're creating a way to get there. And then we just lead into our process as we go through that. And but yeah, speaking our speaking and voicing how we feel is very important, isn't it? Being able to do that and be safe to do that, I think, is super important. Mm. Like getting that clarity. And I, I think we're at a really special time right now, in general, being able to have access to people that, like, their job literally is to, <laughs> like, much like what you do, is literally to walk with somebody through this process. Like, how much time and heartache and that can shave off for people to be able to have someone to walk that road with you, which I think in a lot of historically elders did that for us, but we don't have that same, that same scenario anymore. We don't have a rich elder presence to be able to guide us through these really pivotal times of transformation that are actually anticipated. Like there's a big shift that happens right around teenage years and then a predictable one in your thirties and a predictable one in your forties, fifties, and kind of in that time that you're working. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful to see the opportunity for people to work with people uh, that are experienced in this area. 
I think so, because, you know, we, on one hand, we have an overwhelming amount of information available to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and on one hand, you know, we are very, very connected. But on the other hand, we're arguably more isolated than ever in so many ways. Um, we're on these screens, you're in Alaska, I'm in Spain. Um, you know, this feels, it's personable, but we are also you know, kind of isolated in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, if we use, just to very briefly touch on social media, if we look at that, we can think that everyone else is out there having a whale of a time and really happy and doing great. And so to actually, it can be overwhelming. We can we can end up in a very lonely place, I think, because our society is structured in a very different way from what it was. And it was elders, you know, you would talk about, talk things out, you know, and it's essentially... Um, we do so much of that now, but maybe we 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 miss the, the points in a, in a broader sense. It isn't as personal. Or we think that we there's a lot of talk, obviously, about being authentic and, and showing up, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing. But one of the things I found in my early part of my journey was I felt really really alone because I felt very fearful. I thought I was going something was wrong with me. I thought that oh I couldn't really like say, hey, I'm really not doing very, I'm not okay here. I feel flat. I feel just completely out of reach with everything. I remember one very low point and it was a sunny day and it was a festival on a roof and everyone was celebrating and I had girlfriends visiting and and it was joy. I was surrounded by joy and beneath my sunglasses, I had tears in my eyes and I was crying inside and I couldn't understand why that joy felt so out of reach for me when it was so accessible for everybody else. So I think, yeah, it it takes courage to put your hand up and say, I really, I'm not okay and I need help. Especially if you're, you know, anybody, but if you're someone who the world has seen as of a certain strength and, you know, a certain level of success and capability or a super mom who does everything or a, whatever that is, that I think, yeah, to come out from behind that is, takes so much courage, you know? And I think it's also very easy for us to assume that we know what's going on for someone. And I think that we should all live with a great amount of compassion because we have no idea what is going on inside anybody else we don't know the surface isn't what's beneath it necessarily and we need to be gentle and compassionate with each other and we need to be courageous enough to know that it's okay to ask for help and yeah i I feel very very honored to support people in their journeys i know that point at which maybe they make the first point of contact like that is maybe that's the first step that takes the greatest amount of courage sometimes just that first little message or that's that's huge to do that it's not what's wrong or it's not what comes next it's doing that that's a massive act in itself i think um Mm -hmm. from there you you can grow, you can change, but to get to that point of, of doing that is, is really massive. It takes a huge amount of courage, I think. It really does. That's one of working with primarily first responders in my private practice that that is, they call it the 10,000 pound phone is just making that call. That is the hardest part. And I think it's important for people to hear that you don't have to know what's on the other side of that phone call, that 
you can show up not knowing. In fact, if you have it all figured out, you're probably not going to pick the phone up that you don't have to have it figured out. And Mm -hmm. you can show up and just not know and say, I need help. Like I, and whether it's in a therapeutic piece or whether it's in a, I just need some direction piece or now what piece, (laughs) like what, what comes next? I need, I need some help. Mm -hmm. And I think just normalizing that a little bit Mm -hmm that we're all there. We all have been in those moments and we're not alone anymore. We don't have to be alone in this process. No, not at all. Not at all. We don't. And if I can touch on this briefly, I, I, mm-hmm. the last the last three years, I don't think there's any of us untouched by the last three years. We've mm-hmm. lived change and uncertainty and whether that be the way we work, the way we the school to kids or the the grief we couldn't the way we couldn't say goodbye to our loved ones whatever that is we were isolated. I live in Spain I spent 50 days by myself it was I learned a lot but I think that there is this whole societal push to look forward you know and to look back as seen as negative and to go well you're not going to dwell on that we're going to you know look forward and in a way life may seem really the same but it is also a new kind of normal you know and I feel that there's, all of us are walking around with some kind of invisible scar from the last three years and that it's not, maybe it's not widely thought that it's safe to express that or even acknowledge that, you know, and and I think it's vitally, vitally important because that just sits inside and us as a community, we've all been through so much and it's okay to acknowledge that as well. It's okay to say, hey, this has impacted me because I think we all have been whether we, to, to varying degrees, massively. Maybe mm. some of us have come out of it, you know, strong, feeling stronger and better, but there are impacts of isolation and change and not going to the office anymore and being surrounded by people if that was the life that you had or homeschooling your kids for months or mm. whatever that might be. And I think that personally I feel there's not enough conversation about that and acknowledging and going hey how are you how are you doing what's going on and knowing that that's okay to do that it's not negative it's not looking back it's not digressing mm-hmm. um it's acknowledging and i think if we don't then that just builds on the inside in maybe subtle ways but those invisible scars are there and i think that that's something else that i'm seeing a lot of now you know and maybe it's been a catalyst for people to want to take action in another area of life because that time has allowed them, or think it's pushed things to the surface. But yeah, I think we all need to take time to look inside and really listen and see, ask ourselves how we really are, mm-hmm. uh, and not see that as negative. We want to move forward. The future of this is full of great things. We need to acknowledge that we've been through a lot. <laughs> well, and what I've found with with the last three years is that in it's it's kind of like an unspoken tension. We had to pivot so quickly across Mm -hmm. the world that it's create, we had to hold our shit together basically for our families, for our kids, for our communities in what way we could. And you can't run a, just take it to biology. You can't run a sympathetic nervous system stress response for that long without it having some serious mental, physical, and emotional 
consequences. And I think people are experiencing that with increased anxiety, increased depression, increased sleep issues that they never had before and are wondering what the heck is going on. I thought I did pretty good. Like I thought I, I think I made, I thought I made it through this pretty okay. My kids are happy, healthy and safe, you know, but we're just at a point where we're letting down that stress. We're able to put it down for a minute and that parasympathetic nervous system is coming online in, in a, almost a whiplash kind of way. And that undercurrent or that undertow is really palatable, but may not have a, people may not be able to know where it's coming from necessarily because it's so um, pervasive. Does that make sense? Like almost down to your entire cellular level. Mm-hmm. You can't put your finger on something like a car accident or a death in the family because it was so like a tidal wave that moved through the entire world. Yeah, no, it makes total sense, total sense. And because I think so much of it is that it feels invisible because it is, yes. it is on a cellular level. And so are the scars, so are the wounds. It, it, it was, we went through, countries were closed, borders were closed. People didn't say goodbye to their loved one. Every, every, something happened to everybody. Everybody was impacted. And I 100% agree with you, and and that's a large part of the issue. I think is that we can't see it, and but the impacts of like they they're scars in our body, they're imprints mm-hmm. on our system, and you know all the examples you use, uh, the way we sleep, the way we maybe eat, the way we work, the anxiety levels, the social anxiety, fears, so many things have have uh, have impacted people's lives, but they can't look back and go. Oh, that was because of that. There isn't like an actual visible catalyst necessarily. There's just a whole lot of time that went on, on like a ripple in different parts, you know, of the world, so to speak. And Mm. they were elongated. They came and they went, you know, even uncertainty. We went through so much uncertainty Mm. and changes of you can do this at this time and not that and now that. It's only in the last two months that you're allowed an you use public transport without a mask here. It's three years, more oh, than three wow. years. You know, and then, so I'm, we're, I'm kind of loosely talking about maybe our generation and adults, but there's a whole nother discussion on kids that <laughs> smile on, in public for three years, you know, that's a whole nother thing, I think. But I think it is, and I think that's a really important part of the issue is we can't see it, but just because we can't see it, it does not mean it doesn't exist. It's there and it is going back to our nervous system and yeah, well maybe, you know, a lot of us need a reset or to Mm. really take the time to listen in and it's not looking for the cause of the problem and it's not that, but it's recognizing things that maybe are hindering us, not helping us, you know, maybe ways in which where fears are showing up, anxiety is showing up, stress is showing up, how, what are the impacts of that from, you know, diet, food choices, sleep patterns, there's so many different ways that can manifest in people's lives, Mm -hmm. but I think it's there, I really feel, you know, and more than ever, um, now maybe there's never enough, but, you know, we, we never, we need to be, come to life in other people with so much compassion, Mm -hmm. um, and never an assumption of what we see as what is going on. It's we don't know what that person's been through, going through, feeling, or anything else. Um, 
and it's so easy to make judgments uh, without without even being conscious about it but yeah compassion is so important because we don't know what's going on the inside and the actions on the outside so often do not <laughs> even begin to touch on what's going on on the inside for the person um, yeah mm -hmm. i think it's important I, to really address this in a society because i think that those things don't go away we can't magic marker them out no <laughs> no <laughs> no no raise a pen in the world is going to do that and and, mm. and they're there and you know depending on the individual and the ground in which they're being fertilized in terms of our lives and how we're living and what's going on around us internally and externally some things will take root and that that doesn't some people grow beautiful trees and flowers and plants. Some people, maybe some weeds come up here from mm -hmm. those things which do damage to us, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Nikki, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> it's been such delicious conversation. Mm. I know that there is going to be someone watching this or listening to this that feels like that they really resonate with what you've been sharing. Can you let us know how, and I'll make sure it's in the episode notes as well, but how can people reach out to you? Yeah, thank you. So my business is called Reboot Transformations with an S. And so my website is reboottransformations.com. Um, and I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Um, Instagram is Nikki underscore reboot underscore transformations. And actually all of the links are you can in my website. So um, yeah, they are you can you can push the button and they'll take you to my Facebook, <laughs> my Instagram. But also look directly from my website or via any of the social media forms. If you, I love hearing people's stories and I would love to hear your story if you're suffering and you have curiosity about what I do or would just like to share and see where we go from there. I would love to talk to anybody who feels they want to. You can, I book in a call. If you're on my website, you can book in a 30 minute call for free. But I just love to hear stories. I don't want to be really businessy about it. I think that there's a lot of us out there who, um, need help want to help all sides of that equation and i think that we find who we're meant to work with so if you want to just find out and see if you think i'm a good fit for you and and vice versa i would love to chat i also i'd love to hear stories and who you are and stuff so reboot transformation is a long answer but yeah feel free to reach out and let's chat <laughs> fantastic well thank you nikki Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm uh, very delighted to talk with you. And uh, thank you for letting this flow into so many big mm. areas. I feel like we're not on opposite sides of the world that we could. I know. And, <laughs> and um, continue this for hours. But thank you. And yeah. keep the amazing work you're doing. I think that your um, podcast, your platform, your concept is awesome. And your background, um, which I've had the privilege of you sharing with me, is so rich and diverse. And I know you come from such a place of caring and wanting change. Mm. And yeah, I feel very privileged to be here. Uh, and thank you for doing what you do. Mm.
Mm-hmm.